day when you're walking down the street And the people that you meet You got a certain type of rhythm And I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day Hey, get to learn to work and play Hey, get along with each other You got to listen to your heart, listen to your beat Listen to the rhythm, open up the street Open up your eyes and make it together It's your old chuckle buddy Guess who? Jonathan James Ramcharan, reporting live for duty on this magnificent November 17th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Welcome and bienvenue to Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast. Get your shoes shined up, boy. Boy. Ooh, I'm going to run you ragged, boy. Going to make you sweat. Going to make you earn every drop today, boy. Boy. Fetch my riding crop, boy. I'm Yosemite Sam, the most rootinest, tootinest, shootinest villain in the whole Wild West. If you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramtran, the podcast, I am an actor extraordinaire. 18 years of service. Diploma in theater arts. You heard me singing off the top there. That's a very um, crucial part of being an actor. The old vocal cords, you know, the, you know, that whole, uh, the old vocal cords, right? Um, when I was in theater school, um, we used to do various vocal exercises to warm up, get the juices flowing, right? You have some old cuckold, old cuckolded uh, theater prof, theater prof, theater professor, some old cuckold theater professor. He'd be seated at the piano, right? Five, six, seven, eight. Then you'd have to do like a fucking warm up. May, ma, may, ma, may. May, ma, may, ma, may. May, ma, may, ma, may. You know, your old theater prof. The old theater professor sitting at the piano teaching you how to do vocal warm ups. Those were always fun. Here's another fun one. Pepsi Cola, Pepsi Cola, Pepsi Cola, Pepsi Cola. Pepsi Cola, Pepsi Cola, Pepsi Cola, Pepsi Cola. Then your theater professor, your theater prof, he'd be clapping. Bravo! Take it from the top. Five, six, seven, eight. Me, mommy, mommy. <laughs> but you know, it's crucial. And I thank my uh, theater prof. I thank my theater professors every day because. Um, through that process of vocal exercises, I came to learn that part of my performing is the old vocal chops. It's a fun little tool. Every actor has their various um, strengths, you know. Some have a very, um, you know, interesting look, whether it be a very, um, you know, manly look or a very feminine look, or very, you know, everyday man look, girl next door look, tough guy, gangster, heartthrob, X, Y, and Z. That's all the aesthetic of being an actor. And that's a tool you can use to your benefit as a performer. And there are other tools as well, different skills you may have. Maybe you're a martial artist. Maybe you're a gymnast. Maybe you can ride a unicycle. You know, maybe you can do shit like that clownery or the vocal chops the old vocal cord if you can use the old vocal cords in a um you know interesting manner it's a tool 
that can benefit you as an actor. So I thank my theater professors every day because um, in my journey as a performer, in my journey as a performer, I'm trying to um, step up my notch with the old vocal cords because it's something that I enjoy doing. Little vocal, I guess, performances. You know, I've always been a fan of like old time radio. Um, things like that where um, the actor's voice is very much a uh, key element in the uh, performance. So, um, food for thought. There you have it, folks. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor. Me, me, mommy, mommy. Speaking of the old vocal cords, I'll take a sip. Why not? Speaking of sips, uh, if you're new to the show, Jonathan Ramcharan, the podcast, I am also a an alcoholic. <gasps> yeah alcoholic um three years of sobriety um you know one interesting uh aspect of the alcoholic and the alcoholic mind is like the notion of um the need for attention yes to be seen i'm here the self-importance of me. I'm here. I'm making my mark. I want to be seen. You know? It's a really weird, egotistical, self-important aspect of, I would say, human nature. But definitely the alcoholic. There's, um, there's, there's a spiritual malady. A spiritual deficiency. Some people believe in the soul of an alcoholic. And part of that is a... Um, tarnished ego, an overinflated ego, and the self-importance. And it manifests itself, manifests itself in many ways. Like, um, for example, the last two weekends in a row, I came into contact with um, oh, the church bells all ringing, birds are singing your name. It's beautiful sound, isn't it? hear the church bells anyway um alcoholics in the need for attention the past two weekends in a row um i came into a few street drunks that had a real chip on their shoulder and they were suffering from that overinflated ego and when you're in that realm, you're looking for attention wherever you can get it. You don't care if it's negative attention. You don't care if it's from strangers. It's just a weird cry for help. You know, um, not this past weekend, not this weekend, as this is Sunday, um, not this weekend, but the past weekend, I was going into a grocery store and it was like eight o'clock at night. It's winter, so the sun's down, it's dark out. So it's dark out, it's night, I'm going into a grocery store, and I'm kind of in deep thought. I was thinking about something, and uh, I don't know, just off my guard. I mean, out and about, living my normal life. And all of a sudden, I notice somebody like, like I notice a motion, right? Somebody like, like swoops their arm over my head, right? And I'm like, huh? And I live in the area, and I know people in the area, so it wasn't that 
um, unheard of or unlikely or unimaginable that a buddy of mine, an old co-worker or something like that might have been, you know, just kind of playing around with me like, oh, hey, John, and running up on me and like, I don't know, fucking around or whatever, right? So I thought, oh, maybe I know this person. So I turn and I look and it's this fucking drunk. He's just staring at me. He has sunglasses on, but I could tell he's drunk, right? He's just... And I was like, what? He's like, oh, sorry, bro. I'm just having fun, bro. I'm just having fun, bro. And he puts his arm on my shoulder, right? I'm like, yo, man, like, get your hands off me. He's like, I'm just having fun, bro. I'm like, well, go have your fun somewhere else. Then he's like following me and he like follows me into like the grocery store and he's like standing in my way, right? I was just having fun, bro. I'm like, just go have your fun somewhere else. He's like, I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up. <laughs> I'll fuck you up. <laughs> and he like, he like stumbles off into the fucking, oh yeah, first he set off the alarm. He's a drunken thief as well. Ding, 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 ding. You know? He had like a, he had some kind of stolen item in his back sack, in his pack sack. So when he went through the gate, it set off the alarm, right? And then he just, you know, looks at me and goes, well, fuck you up, bro. Fuck you up, bro. (coughs) And like stumbles off into the grocery store to steal something else. And it's like, the need for attention, the delusion. Like, it's obvious that this man just wants attention, seeking trouble, and he doesn't care if it's bad, negative attention. Just that he gets that attention and that he is recognized. It's a complete distorted ego. And then yesterday, yesterday evening, same deal, different situation. I'm like, uh, I'm walking around in Chinatown, Toronto, Gerard Street East, Chinatown. And I'm walking around and um, there's this, you know, I, I hear like a cat, right? I hear, meow, 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 meow. That, that's like a cat mewing or something, right? And and then, like, on on a closer look, you know, I notice, oh, wait a minute. No, it's a Chinese man. This drunken Chinese man. And for sake of brevity, I'll call him a Chinaman. This drunken Chinaman, he's, he's just making these sounds, right? I'm like, what the fuck? What the boomba clot, blood clot fuck, right? This drunken Chinaman... And he's like walking in like a zigzag manner, right? He's like, he's fucking off his tits, drunk, you know? And he's like hogging the sidewalk. The deluded state of, you know, I'm going to intentionally um, be a nuisance. I'm going to intentionally block traffic. And I'm going to make my stand as an alcoholic or whatever the fuck deluded thing that's going on in their mind. And I've lived it. I've been that stupid. I've been that ignorant. I've been that arrogant. So I'm like, okay, no big deal. All I have to do is get to the intersection, you know, get to the stoplight. And as soon as I get to the stoplight, there's a little bit more um, space. 
then this guy is in my rear view mirror. I don't have to think about him, see him, hear from him ever again. So we get to the intersection, right? He's this drunken Chinaman bumbling around at the fucking intersection, right? So the light turns um, green to cross to the left, right? So I could either go left or I can go straight, right? At the intersection, I can either take a left or I can go straight. And um, so, um, and I don't know how that discombobulates on the camera, but, you know, I can either go this way or that way, right? And as the light turns, I'm waiting to see which way he's going to go because I don't want to be in his fucking orbit at all, right? So he's standing there, right? And he's not moving. So I'm like, okay, I'll go this way. So as I go this way, he starts following me lumbering after me right i'm like fuck this shit right and i stop and i turn to go back to the street corner and he like kind of lunges at me and goes <laughs> obviously trying to rope me in obviously trying to rope my attention bother me get into my orbit and you know i just kind of said whatever dude and i just kind of walked off and that's the strange deluded sense of ego that the alcoholic has at times. And it's like, you know, this need for attention, whether it be good or bad. So thankfully, through the grace of recovery, I am free and um, no longer in the grips of alcoholism. And I'm working through my issues of, um, you know, what we can really sum up as the human condition, you know, the ego. And um, what I did was I joined a 12-step program, nothing official, no dues, no fees, no um, emphasis on religion. It's a um, neutral place where you can go to discuss recovery, various steps of recovery, 12-step program, with other afflicted people, be it alcoholic, addict, X, Y, and Z. And through those meetings, day by day, your days add up. And one day, you find yourself in a new life. And that's the blessing of um, recovery. And um, if you're out there and you're suffering, I recommend try a 12-step program. It'll help you with um, overcoming your troubles. Your troubles with alcoholism, addiction, X, Y, and Z. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan Ramcharan, alcoholic. I am also a janitor. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm talking mop buckets, slop buckets, um, parking lots, toilets, urinals, dish rags, the whole kit and caboodle, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a motherfucking janitor. God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. You know, I'm a fucking janitor. I push a little mop bucket. And I dip the mop in the mop bucket. Then I mop the floor. You know, washing windows, you know, window washer, um, I push a garbage trolley, you know, changing waste bins, recycle bins, garbage bins, organic waste bins, the whole kit and caboodle, ladies and gentlemen, vacuuming floors, you 
vacuuming carpets, floors, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. Grateful for it. Um, and where it's relatable, where my little um, discussion on my janitorial trade is relatable is that it relates to all people in the workplace. Um, you got to do X, Y, and Z to get where you want in life. Sometimes it's not a bed of roses. Sometimes it's complete fucking horse shit. But that's what you got to do if you want to up yourself in life. You got to take those hits. You got to make them sacrifices. And what my janitorial hustle does for me at the moment is um, it keeps me in the game of performing. I have expenses. Like any career, there's expenses that take place that acquire, that accrue, that you need to cover if you want to up your game. So yeah, I'm covering my expenses as a performer and it keeps me um, in recovery as well. You know, idle hands are the devil's playground. <laughs> so when you're sitting around doing dick, twiddling your thumbs, twiddly D, that's when the negativity, the ego, the need for attention, all these little triggers of bullshit can come to mind. So having a daily gig, you know, a, a nine to five, basically, that covers my expenses, it keeps me in recovery. So I'm very grateful for it. And, um, you know, it really got me thinking as I'm talking about ego, um, the alcoholic uh, need for attention, which can be loosely put under the umbrella of human condition, you know, over self-importance, ego. One thing that got me thinking this week in regards to my janitorial hustle in the workplace is the idea of the um, gentle ego. Yes, the gentle ego. Have you ever met a coworker with a gentle ego? You know? What I started to realize is People with gentle egos, they are just as infuriating as people with overinflated egos, right? Just think about it. Like, an overinflated ego is like, I'm going to bear down upon you. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm your boss. I'm this. I'm that. I'm poking my nose in your business. I'm up your ass, you know. I'm micromanaging you. I'm the boss, even if they're not your boss, you know, I'm your coworker. And as your coworker, I'm going to make your life a living hell. I'm going to question you. I'm going to negate you. I'm going to bother you at every chance I get. Like the overinflated ego, it's a pain in the ass, right? Well, the gentle ego is similarly, you know, they come at you with smiles. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yes, yes. Oh, sure. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. No, I'm listening but they're not listening. The gentle ego, you ever meet that? The person that like agrees and agrees and agrees and says yes, but they do the exact opposite. They're in their own head. They're in their own sense of ego. Perfect example. I got this coworker named so-and-so, right? And uh, he's, oh, hello, John. Hi, John. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan? Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Jonathan. And he's got this overinflated sense of ego where it's like he's new to the job. You know, he's a janitor in training and he's got a lot of potential. He's moving along very well. I like the way he mops. I like the way he sweeps. He vacuums pretty good. He's pretty good with a fucking garbage bag. But he's got this gentle ego 
this gentle ego where it's like, even though he says, oh, yes, oh, yes, 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 he just does what he wants anyway. The first day I worked with him, we were sent to go throw out some garbage. You catch on? You understand what I'm saying? We were sent to go throw out some garbage in a garbage compactor. Simple enough. I was to show him how to do it. And what I like, do unto others as you'll do unto yourself. Like in my life, I figure it's best to, you know, treat people the way you would want to be treated. Correct? Right? So I'm like, okay, so-and-so, we're here to throw out the garbage. I was told to show you how we do it. So just relax. It's no big deal. It's very easy. Let me show you how to throw out the garbage. Okay, okay, yes, yes, okay, but uh, what about a little bit like, okay, well, maybe we, maybe when we put the garbage, we throw out the garbage, we do it this way, we do it that way, and okay, yes, okay, 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 no problem, no problem, we do it this way, we do it that. The gentle ego. Just as infuriating. Just as infuriating, because, you know, he's saying yes, oh yes, okay, okay, yes, oh yes, he's smiling. Okay, uh, yes, 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 yes. But he's really in his own head. He's really saying, fuck what you think. I'm going to do what I want to do. Our task was for me to instruct him on how to throw the garbage out. And what wound up happening was he told me or he told me how to throw the garbage out. You see that? You see how tricky that is? You know, he's coming with the smiles. Okay, okay, yes, no problem, no problem, no problem. Um, um, I know that you're supposed to show me what to do, but instead, instead, I'm going to show you what to do. That's more or less what he fucking said. The gentle ego. So, like, um, we had this issue this past week where um, we were supposed to mop a long corridor. We were, set, we were sent to um, mop a long corridor. Um, we have like this mopping machine, um, a squeegee machine. It looks like a little Zamboni. You know, those little, uh, it, looks like a old, it looks like a little John Deere tractor. You know, those little John Deere tractors that you can sit on and drive around cutting the grass. It looks like a John Deere tractor, right? But basically it mops the floor. So I needed him there to assist with some minor things he was there to assist me as i operated the machine so i say so and so we are here to mop the floor i'm going to run the machine i'm going to run the machine mop the floor what i need you to do is stand there don't do anything just stand there and when i need you i'll call you and he goes, okay, okay, no problem, no problem. I, I, I stand here and I, I do what I, I, I go, okay, okay, no problem. Then he begins doing everything other than what I told him to do. He's fidgeting with the mop. He's over there dusting, sweeping, fucking around. It's like, I was instructed to give you instructions. And instead of following my instructions, you were doing your own instructions. Can't you understand how backwards that is? The gentle ego. So he's fiddling with this, fiddling with that, doing this, doing that. 
So I'm like, okay, whatever, knock yourself out. You could be standing there doing nothing, but instead you want to fuck around and do whatever the hell you want to do. Go ahead, do it. So I begin doing my work, you know, I'm, I'm pushing the fucking mopping machine along. Then it comes to the point when I need his help. I need his help to set up a couple things, to kind of oversee a couple things. Now I need his assistance. Where is he? I look around, he's nowhere to be found. Later on I find that, oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't know you still needed my help. I, I did what I thought I was supposed to do and I'm busy, I'm busy, so I did what I was supposed to do and then I went and I'm blah, 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 blah. The gentle ego. He did everything that I didn't ask him to do and nothing that I asked him to do. But yet he comes with smiles. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hi how are you? You know, don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining. You know what I mean? Your fucking little smiles and whatever don't mean anything because you're in your own fucking head. You're on a different page. And it's like, that's what's infuriating and frustrating with coworkers sometimes, you know? The little games that they play. Because it's like, while I don't have to overthink this and complain about it, it is interesting, though, because it's like, I have to be right, don't I? Like, our boss gave us instructions. The instructions were, I was to oversee a project. He was to assist me with the project. We go to do the project. He, in turn, does whatever he wants, doesn't listen to my instructions, and then fucks off. But our orders were for him to follow my instructions. Very interesting how people can be with the gentle ego. You know what I mean? It's like pissing on your head and telling you it's raining. But hey, when you encounter these type of people in the workplace, you just keep them to a minimum basis. Keep them at a minimum basis. I treat him just like I treat anybody who's obnoxious, arrogant, rude, mean-spirited. You know, because they're equally frustrating. It's like, you know, you smile and you talk a good game, but you really are on your own planet. You really just do whatever you want. You're in your own head. And while you're not a mean-spirited, rude, obnoxious person, you're aloof and you're in your own head, which makes you an annoyance. I know that if I am to come into a situation where I have to work with you, I can't rely upon you because you're in your own head. And that's really frustrating for people in the workplace, right? Because everybody's just trying to get through the day, X, Y, and Z. And you would rather work with people who have some common sense, the ability to follow minor instructions, you know, semi-competent, you know? Wouldn't that be nice to have coworkers like that? <laughs> but hey, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I just push my little mop bucket, you know? You know, washing windows, push my garbage trolley, make a couple buckets, make a couple fucking dollars, throw them in the bucket, and uh, two tears in a bucket, motherfuck it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Jonathan Ramcharan, janitor. And last of all, I am a stand-up comedian extraordinaire. 
10 years of exp- 10 years of experience stuttering like a motherfucker that's my little porky pig routine by the way that's all folks yeah so stand up comedian 10 years of service um soon to be 11 years of service i got to thinking recently you know the truth of the matter is sometimes jokes hurt sometimes jokes can really hurt and it's not fair and it's and um words can hurt i mean there was a story in the paper recently um john legend um the grammy winning singer songwriter pianist john legend he was recently crowned sexiest man alive now he is pretty sexy he's he's a pretty good looking guy but um fucking people were going to town on him you know mocking him making fun of him because it's like mm, sexiest man alive i mean he's been compared to looking like arthur you know arthur the aardvark from that children's show arthur every day when you're walking down the street and i say hey hey what a wonderful kind of day arthur <laughs> You know, there was like a meme that was going around where it's like a picture of John Lennon, John Legend, a picture of John Legend next to Arthur, the aardvark. (laughs) And people are like, sexiest man alive? Like, yes, he's very talented. He's a handsome man, but sexiest man alive? I mean, and, you know, they're really busting his chops. You know, even Snoop Dogg got in on the fucking joke, right? He he did like a um, he did like a Photoshop version of um, Snoop Dogg on the cover of People magazine, Sexiest Man Alive, How a Crip Stole Your Chick. <laughs> How a Crip Stole Your Chick. <laughs> and if the pimp got an attitude, drop it like a tot. Good old Snoop. Yo, what's happening, fool? You know the name of the game. Yo, bitch chose me. Now we can handle this like some gentlemen and we can get into some gangster shit. Have it your motherfucking way. I love Snoop. And I love John Legend, very talented. But, um, you know, sometimes jokes hurt. And, you know, you know, calling poor John Legend a fucking cartoon anteater, that's not very nice, you know? But, like, I see their point because it's like, well, if you were ever compared to looking like a fucking cartoon animal, I don't know if you can crown yourself sexiest man alive. Like... You know, a fucking few, you know, I remember one time, once upon a time, I was smoking a joint, right? I was gagging on a joint. <coughs> this was back in the day, right? <coughs> and I was looking in the mirror, right? I'm all high and I'm looking in the mirror. <coughs> I'll be goddamned. I look like Scooby-Doo. I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like, I was like, holy motherfucker, I look like Scooby-Doo, you know, like, you know, I, I look like a fucking cartoon dog, right? Zoinks! <laughs> so I'm like, sexiest man alive? Okay, well, you know, but sometimes jokes hurt, you know? Sure didn't feel nice when I found out I looked like Scooby-Doo. I, I can't imagine how John Legend feels, people making fun of him. But, um, 
But then it got me thinking, you know, like, um, once upon a time, I performed, I performed stand-up comedy for the cast of Arthur. <laughs> yeah, it was like this random, this was like six years ago, 2014. I was stumbled drunk at this comedy show, and then all of a sudden, like, the cast, the cast of Arthur, they showed up, and I guess they were, I guess they were legal drinking age now or something, I don't know what the fuck, but they were at the bar, the cast of Arthur, and they, they showed up, right, I was like, whoa, so I performed stand-up in front of the cast of Arthur, and I actually have a video clip of it, yes, I have a video clip of it, I'm going to share it with you right now, now a little bit of a warning, um, this is um, old footage from 2014. It was shot on a um, cell phone camera. So it's not the greatest quality, but, um, you know, it is a pretty funny video. So check it out. This is me performing stand-up comedy before the cast of Arthur. And there you have it, folks. That's me performing stand-up comedy before the cast of Arthur. And I just wanted to let you guys know, remember, sometimes jokes hurt. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Those are the four things that sum me up at the moment. Jonathan Ramcharan, actor, alcoholic, janitor, stand-up comedian. So, who welcome to the show? Yes, 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 indeedy. What's going on in the world? So this is a funny little news article. As a Canadian, I live in Toronto, Canada. I would be a little remiss if I didn't mention this news story. I'm kind of indifferent to it. I have mixed feelings. But this is involving a Canadian institution. 
the very popular uh, sports program, Coach's Corner, has been canceled indefinitely due to one of the hosts, Don Cherry, due to some remarks he made involving immigrants. Yes. So here's a little news article on the story. This is from cbc.ca. Coach's Corner is no more. Ron McLean discusses Don Cherry on Hockey Night in Canada. Hockey Night in Canada host Ron McLean addressed Sportsnet's firing of Don Cherry during the first intermission of Saturday night's premier NHL, NHL game, when the duo would normally host Coach's Corner. McLean addressed Cherry's November 9th remarks and the ensuing controversy in a rambling speech touching on his relationship with Cherry and his decision to go with conviction over friendship. Coach's Corner is no more, the 59-year-old McLean said. We are all hurting. I have collapsed a hundred times this week. <coughs> if not more, we are all disappointed. Bobby Orr is disappointed in me. Bobby, I'm disappointed in myself. I've sat all week long reflecting, listening to you, the viewer, and I have heard you. I've reflected by listening to my own heart, and I've struggled mightily to find the words. Cherry's nearly four-decade run on Hockey Night ended Monday after he made an on-air comment last Saturday, which many felt were critical of immigrants for not wearing Remembrance Day poppies. You people, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you can do is pay a couple bucks for a poppy or something like that. Cherry said on November 9th, These guys get paid for their way of life. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price. While McLean apologized last Sunday for Cherry's incendiary incendiary remarks, he went on to describe the decision to break with Cherry after 34 years of partnership as necessary and a necessary one. There were steps that needed to be taken because of what had happened and what Don had said, and he didn't want to do those steps. These were steps that needed to be taken because of what had been said by Don and he didn't want to do those steps. So I decided to go one way and he another. And you say, okay, how can you choose principle over friendship? But I had to, McLean said. For its part, Sportsnet has also said they may eventually take the long-running first intermission segment in a different direction. Viewers were given a sample during Saturday's first intermission, which also featured a segment with McLean, interviewing Haley Wickenheiser and Guy Carboneau, two members of the 2019 Hockey Hall of Fame induction class. The induction ceremony is Monday. Sportsnet called Cherry's remarks from last Saturday divisive and said they do not represent our values or what we stand for when announcing his firing on Monday. On Tuesday, Cherry told CBC News that he sees how he could have made his point different.
differently. I think it was a mistake, he said of his remarks, but I think the big thing was that I should have said everybody. That was the big, big thing. Toasted taste better. Hockey Night in Canada was a longtime CBC Saturday night staple, but the show and its games moved to Sportsnet when Rogers landed a lucrative long-term broadcast rights deal with the NHL when the, with the NHL that began in 2014. Coach's Corner and Hockey Night in Canada are still broadcast on CBC in a sub-licensing deal with Rogers Media, which owns Sportsnet. There you have it, folks. Don Cherry, Canadian institution. Toasted taste better. I'm telling you, these fucking immigrants come here. They don't wear poppies. You love our milk and honey, but you don't respect the guys I went and fought for your rights and freedoms. Don Cherry, um, the colorful host of um, Coach's Corner. Yeah, he was dismissed for refusing to apologize for some statements um, that were kind of inflammatory, kind of divisive, and, you know, kind of, um, you know, punching down at the immigrant for, um, you know, as if Canada hasn't been built on immigrants. But, you know, he was let go from that show for those, um, those words he said. And I don't know, I'm pretty indifferent, like, we live in this world of cancel culture. I think it's sad because Don Cherry, like I said, like not, not, not like I said, but as we know, you know, Canadian institution, Coach's Corner, he's been doing that gig for like 38 plus years. Um, you know, he's always been known as kind of opinionated. It's kind of sad. It is, but hey, you know, that's just the way the dice rolls. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Um, when you make comments, you have to kind of adhere to the boss. You know what I mean? Going back to what I said about gentle egos and the um, overbearing ego. When your ego gets in place of your orders, you got to pay the price sometimes, right? Right? It's not as if Coach's Corner was his specific owned and licensed and operated show. He was working for Sportsnet. And um, they gave him the offer, yo, if you want to apologize for your remarks, please apologize for your remarks. He wouldn't apologize, so he got let go. I think it's a shame because he has been doing the show for so long. He is a part of Canadian culture. I feel like there's a classier a classier way that whole thing could have got resolved. It just didn't get resolved that way. And, you know, it's unfortunate. And I don't know. It's Sportsnet's program. It's Sportsnet's programming. And ultimately, they get to make that decision. So that's the decision they made. I do think it is unfortunate, though, because, you know, it's one comment, what he meant by it is kind of ambiguous, and he is a part of Canadian culture, so. But, you know, I always just know him from those Quiznos commercials, Quiznos subs. Hey, toasted taste better. You want a 12-inch sub for a delicious fucking price? Toasted taste better. Bah. 
But anyways, um, God bless you, John, Don Cherry. All the best. Hopefully, maybe something good can come out of this still. Um, it's sad to see miscommunication. It's sad to see these type of things happen. And while he may have offended a lot of people, the flip side of that is he meant a lot of, to a lot of people as well. And is cancel culture the answer? No. You know, it would have been, you know, he kind of pussyfooted around it saying, you know, I could have chose my words a little bit better, but I didn't. Toasted taste better. So like he pussyfooted, he pussyfooted, footied around it. It's like, yo, man, like, why couldn't they just get to some sort of resolve? Some kind of classy, mature resolve. But they didn't get to it, unfortunately. But hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. What else is in the news? Oh, yes. Chair girl. Have you guys heard about chair girl? This fucking moron. So um, this is a news article about this girl who uh, threw a chair from a balcony in Toronto, Canada. She threw a chair from a high-rise balcony onto um, a busy highway, endangering people's lives. So listen to this idiot. Listen to this article. So this is from beta.ctv.ca. Beta.ctv.ca. Chair girl pleads guilty to mischief, endangering life. Article by Kyla Goodfield. Toronto. A 19-year-old woman who threw a chair off a downtown Toronto high-rise balcony over a busy highway earlier this year has pleaded guilty to mischief, endangering life. Marcelia Zoya arrived at city, Old City Hall through a back entrance just before 10 a.m. on Friday, wearing all black and large sunglasses. Pretty hot, actually. She then entered a courtroom and pleaded guilty to a February incident that was caught on camera and shared widely online. Widely online. The video showed a young woman launch a chair off a balcony over a busy highway. Moron. Following the mass circulation of the video, Toronto police urged the woman to come forward and identify herself. A few days later, Zoya turned herself in to officials. She was subsequently charged with mischief, endangering life, mischief, endangering property, and under $5,000 in common nuisance. Following her guilty plea to the one charge on Friday morning, her lawyer, Gregory Leslie, told reporters the young woman was remorseful. This was the first step. I think this was a necessary step, her guilty plea, that does show that she is remorseful for her actions, he said. We could have gone to trial. In fact, there were issues that allowed us to go to trial, but the video is the video, so based on that, she entered a plea of guilty. <laughs> so what, she, she copped to the guilty plea because the video incriminated her? What, does that make her moral? I mean, she's caught on camera, duh. How else is she going to refute it? Anyways, when asked what issues he was referring to, Leslie said he could not comment further. No shit, because he's full of shit, you fucking ambulance chaser. Her lawyer confirmed that the two additional charges she was facing will be dropped at a later date. Leslie said his client has learned and matured from this matter. Really? She is a young lady 
who made a mistake, he said. When you deal with persons her age, we look at one of the possibilities or one of the factors that the judge has to examine is the issue of rehabilitation. And she is, in my opinion, already a changed woman and she will do and she will be doing much better. Crown is seeking jail time. Leslie in the Crown is asking for Zoya to serve jail time, but he thinks this is a step too far. Of course it's a possibility, he said. It's anywhere between a sus- uh, it's anywhere between a suspended sentence which we want to up to 6 months in jail. She understands that possibility. According to Leslie, her lawyer, a suspended sentence would include Zoya being put on probation with undetermined conditions for an unknown period of time. Leslie said his client is suffering from anxiety (laughs) as a result of this. When anybody is facing jail time, especially a young lady like this, she understands the severity and the consequences of what she has done. Not allowed to return to school? Back in March, Leslie told reporters that his client had been expelled from the dental hygiene program she was previously enrolled in. At the time, Leslie called the expulsion unfortunate, and but added it was a hard lesson. On Friday, Leslie confirmed Zoya has not been allowed to return to school since then and said she is currently not working. <laughs> There was a job opportunity that she had, and a decision was made to proceed with that, he said outside the courthouse. Right now, she does modeling when the opportunity presents itself. She was doing modeling before this, and she has had contracts since this. If you are asking me if these contracts were a result of this case, I honestly have no idea. A sentencing hearing in the case is expected to take place on January 14th. Yes, this young lady throws a chair off of a um, busy, off of a downtown high-rise in Toronto, Canada, onto a busy highway. Luckily, nobody was killed. She could have killed somebody. Um, She copped to a plea deal. Um, She pleaded guilty. I don't know if it's a deal, but she pled guilty. And the uh, sentencing will be January 14th. Hey, we're all, we've all been young. We've all been made mistakes. I remember when I was around that age, like 19. I think I was exactly 19. I was out on the piss. I was out on the piss getting drunk with some buddies. And we were walking in like a, you know, like a mall complex. You know, like a, you know, like a, what do you call it? Like a suburban mall complex. There were like, um, you know, little mom and pop stores maybe a Subway Sandwiches, Tim Hortons, like a mall complex. And there was like some pottery, some pottery, you know, like for plants. And I remember I knocked it over and it cracked and it smashed. And it was like a destructive, stupid thing I did as a young man. And I remember my friends looking at me like, holy fuck, why'd you do that? Like, what if we get arrested? What if we get, you know what I mean? Like, why are you doing this destructive, stupid behavior? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I remember going home and we were drunk. And I remember feeling kind of disappointed in myself and stupid. And when I think back to it now, it was destructive and it was stupid. And yes, I was young and dumb. But the difference being, it didn't endanger human life.
if you are a 19-year-old person and you take a big wooden chair with metal legs, um, according to the picture you can see on um, ctvnews.ca, as I mentioned, she takes this wooden chair with metal legs, flings it off of a balcony onto a busy highway. Unfortunately, I think they should throw the book at her. Whatever the judgment is, is the judgment. But my opinion is she deserves a significant penalty. I don't think it should follow her and ruin her for the rest of her life. But there's got to be some hefty consequence. It can't just be a little slap on the wrist. Because what she did was completely stupid. It endangered life. And at 19 years of age, you should damn well know better than that. You should damn well know better. There's a difference between being stupid, mischievous, young, dumb, and just completely disregarding common sense and safety for society. That's got to set a tone, a message to any prankster moron out there that, hey, if you want to endanger people's lives for no fucking boom clot blood clot reason, we're going to throw the book at you. But that being said, she is quite the piece of ass. Like, apparently she's a model or something. She's got that, like, real trashy but real, like, sultry kind of look to her. You know what I mean? And um, and uh, she's going to be hell on wheels if she's in jail. But, um, you know, anyways... Thank God nobody was hurt. God bless her, as she said, as her lawyer said. She's a young woman trying to move past this. So I hope it comes to a resolution that benefits everybody. And even her. I don't want to see her life thrown away because of it. Like the way she threw away that chair off of the balcony, endangering people's lives. But um, I would like to see a significant... um, a significant penalty because you can't have that in society. I mean, I get pissed off when I'm at the grocery store and people impose on me, you know, they, they sidle up to you and they try to get ahead of you in a lineup. It's like, oh my God, you fucking animal. Have you no respect for society? Can't you see I'm in this lineup? Like I lose my shit over things like that. We're talking next level moron. We're talking next level idiocy, throwing a fucking chair off of a balcony. Say, hey, there it is. Um, oh, yes, and the Trump impeachment. Yes, the Trump impeachment. <laughs> As if those are on the same, uh, on the same uh, importance scale. But they're both just as moronic. I don't know. This whole Trump thing. Um, uh, Trumpity-dump-dump-dump. Uh, the Trump impeachment has been televised and has been going on this past week. And um, here are some of the uh, highlights of what's been going on this week in this um, ongoing impeachment of the President of the United States of America. Um, Just give me a moment here. I'm going to pull up the article. Um, You know, Trump, as you all know, has been in uh, the news because of some alleged election scandals involving Ukraine 
overstepping his um, presidency and in, in engaging with some, I don't know what the word is, the terminology. Is it collusion? Is it illegal discourse with another nation involving his political rivals in the upcoming 2020 election? And um, I can't seem to find the article offhand. Um, but, you know, the Teflon Don, he's completely, you know, playing it off as nothing, arrogant as usual. And, um, you know, ah, fuck it, I can't find the article offhand. But basically, it's like, um, it's just blah, 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 semantics, blah, 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 lip service. I mean, that's the annoying thing about, um, not the annoying thing, but the thing about government is it's much like anything else. It's common sense. You don't have to be some political pundit, some Harvard professor to understand right from wrong, yay and nay. You know what I mean? Like basically, Trump gets on the phone with the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelenskaya, or whatever the fuck. Sorry, Ukraine. Vladimir Zelenskia. And uh, I can't pronounce the name, so we'll just call it the Ukrainian Prime Minister, President. And apparently he's, he's calling on the President of Ukraine to, um, you know, in this illegal phone call, talking with the President to um, investigate Joe Biden, the former Vice President of um, America, and the upcoming Democratic uh, candidate in the 2020 presidential bid, right? And it's like, hmm, I don't know all that there is to know about political science, but it seems a very, it seems strange that the president of the United States would get on the phone with the president of another country and make illusions of like, um, what do you call it? Trying to bribe him, basically, like, hey, you know, we'll fund. Hey, um, hi there, uh, Don here. Uh, I got a question for you, Ukraine. Uh, fake news. Um, my political rival, Joe Biden, Joe Biden, he is a loser. He's a nothing. He's a zero. And I would really appreciate it if um, you would look into his background, him and his son, and what they did with your energy commission. In Ukraine, okay? Really much appreciated. And there might be something in it for you if you do. So, uh, fake news. Bye. You know, it's like you got the president of America talking with another nation about internal affairs. You know? It's like, it's almost like, isn't that kind of like treason? It's like treason, isn't it? That'd be like if I was dating a woman and like, you know, I asked her mother like, hey, you know, um, got any dirt on your, your daughter? I'll fuck you too. Okay, that's not such the greatest analogy, but it's almost like an analogy that the prime minister would make. Okay, guess what? Or not the prime minister. <laughs> Justin Trudeau. No, the president. That's almost like an analogy that fake news Donald Trump would make. You know, it's like, okay, listen. 
I'm fucking your daughter, and um, I'll fuck you too if you uh, do me this little favor, <laughs> okay? I don't know. It's all just a circus, and um, it's all just a witch hunt. And, you know, I'm just really waiting to see what turns out. Because it's like, it's all just a bunch of lip service. Because when it comes down to it, it's just as simple as right and wrong. Like, should the president, should any governing official discuss internal conflicts with a separate nation? Should they? Does that make sense? Does that make sense for a governing body to take their internal domestic issues to another nation and discuss their internal conflicts? You know what I mean? To, to smear political parties and governing bodies of your own nation with another nation? Don't make much sense to me. Hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com what do you think about this impeachment hit me up jr.thepodcast at gmail.com yeah teflon dawn fake news yeah (laughs) unbelievable grabbing grabbing ukraine by the pussy If you grabbed Ukraine from a pussy, if you grabbed Ukraine by the pussy, it's possible that one of those little fucking, um, you know, Easter eggs would fall out. You know, those little multicolored painted eggs grabbing you by the pussy, Ukraine. Oh, did you just lay a fucking Easter egg? (laughs) Do the shumka. Anyways, fake news, fake news. And um, I guess uh, before I get out of here, um, I could talk to you a little bit about what I'm trying to do going forward, you know, um, as I spoke on the podcast earlier, you know, I'm an alcoholic, you know, and, you know, I got three years of sobriety and I'm listening to the news. I'm aware of the news. I'm aware of my interaction in society and the ego, the ego is such a it's such it's the cornerstone of good communication. Checking your ego, taking your self-importance down a notch, and communicating civilly in society. You know? And you know, that's what you see with like people like Donald Trump with the crazy overinflated ego. Is he right? Is he wrong? I don't know. Is his ego out to lunch? You goddamn right. And, you know, what I'm finding is that as an alcoholic, I've had my issues of ego that I'm still dealing with. And, you know, while I am very low-key these days, my new thing is like, um, you know, it's, it's almost like I went the opposite route. Because part of being an alcoholic as well is the duality of it is while you do have issues involving your ego and your self-importance, you also, or you can also, I know it's true with me, I had a tendency to isolate. Yeah, I would just get drunk by myself and just like turtle up, become a hermit, hide in my little cave by myself. And now that 
I'm coming out into the world and I'm being more of a civilian and I'm getting involved with people and living a normal life. I'm trying to gauge that because it's like, you know, I don't always want to engage with people, you know, because that's that's where, you know, the conflict of interaction becomes, you know. Like, for example, yesterday, all I wanted was a falafel. All I wanted was one measly little fucking falafel, right? I've been fucking busting my hump all week, you know, at work and stuff like that, working on the podcast, working as a janitor, reading news articles, been busting my fucking chops all fucking week. I had the day off. I was having a nice little day. I was going to the store. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was out and about. Finally, it came to dinner time. All I wanted was one measly little fucking falafel. So I go to this falafel store, this falafel hut. And I walk through the door and I open the door. And I look at the little falafel maker, the dude making the falafel. And he's just staring at me. So I go, hello. And he goes, He puts on the glove. He puts on like a plastic glove and just stares at me. Doesn't greet me. Now, I believe in karma. I believe in karma food. The idea that like, you know, your mother's cooking is the best tasting cooking. You know what I mean? The idea of soul food. There's something to karma food. The Krishnas. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Hari Hari. They believe in karma food, right? It's the idea that food made with love tastes better. Toasted tastes better. Love tastes better, as Don Cherry would say. But um, it's that idea that karma food, food made with love tastes better. So like I'm catching this wave of ego from this dude, right? Like doesn't greet me, stares at me like an insect. Okay, you want to stare at me like an insect? No problem, buddy. I'll buzz, buzz. I'll buzz right off, man. I don't want... You touching my food in the least. If you got a problem, if you can't just be civil, you know what I mean? If your ego is so inflated that you can't even greet a customer with civility, you stare at me like a nuisance for coming into your establishment, and you don't have to kiss my ass. My here's my idea of good service. I walk up to a I walk up to a customer service rep, a customer service representative. I go, hello. They go, hello, how can I help you? I go, this is what I want. They go, okay, coming right up. That's my idea of good service. Don't just stare blankly at me. Put on your little plastic glove and expect that I want you to touch my food, buddy. Hoop it up your ass. Fuck off. Don't need it. Right? I would not take a fucking falafel from that fucking asshole if I was starving to death. Well, that's not true. If I was starving to death, I would take a I would take a falafel. The only way I would eat a falafel off that off that motherfucker is if I was starving to death. 
You know, I'd have to be starving to death in order to make, to eat a falafel from that man's hands. And even at that moment, I would be like, oh, oh, I'm starving. <clears throat> uh, just, just put the ingredients on the table. Put the ingredients on the table and I'll look up how to make a falafel on YouTube. Then I'd go on YouTube and, you know, I'd go on YouTube and I'd learn how to make a falafel and then I'd, uh, uh. And I'd make the falafel myself. Like, I would take the ingredients from him if I was starving, and I'd make my own falafel. But there's no fucking way in hell, even if I was starving, I would eat a falafel from the hands of that motherfucker. The ego. You know what I mean? And as I was doing that, like, I was about to leave anyways, right? But, like, I'm, you know, I'm cool. I'm calm. I'm collected. I don't make a scene. I don't play my cards, right? I don't play my hand. I was going to just go, oh, Oh, actually, um, oh, sorry, I changed my mind. Thank you. Just calmly, I was going to say that and leave. But before I even got the chance, in stumbles this woman, right? And she's all like, Hello there, black man. Hello, black man. How are you? Can you can you spare me some change? I'm like, right? I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, can I, you know, like, it's so ironic you know, one person wants nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? The little falafel maker wants nothing to do with me. Casts me away like an insect. You know, stares at me blankly. And then before I can even turn around, there's another woman just coming into my life, bearing down on me with her craziness and nonsense. Hello there. You got any spare change? Just the swelling mix of ego. Self-importance in society. And how do you be civil and get through these times? And you know, with this impeachment, with this, um, you know, impeachment of the President of the United States, with Don Cherry from Coach's Corner, unable to make an apology, with that stupid idiot throwing a chair off of a balcony, it just, it all comes down Ego. But hey, you know, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And I'm working on mine day by day. And you know what I mean? Hopefully we can get to a better place in this society where, you know, we're all on the same page. We work together. And, you know, there's plenty of room for people to shine when they need to shine. And there's plenty of room for people to just be, you know, everyday normal people. And there's plenty of room for everybody. And, you know, going forward in life, that's what I'm trying to work on, you know. And, um, hey, all in a day's work. It's your old chuckle buddy, guess who? Jonathan James Ramtran, reporting live for duty on this magnificent November 17th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Hey, if you're listening to this on Spotify, if you're listening to this on iTunes, if you're listening to this on my website, jonathan-ramtran.com, guess what? We're on YouTube, baby! We got videos, videos galore. Check out the video, um content you know we're going forward in that direction so check me out on youtube jonathan ramcharan 
Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, you live it, you love it, you realize it. Uh, hi. <laughs>